Welcome to Hypnotic History, the podcast about 20th century life in the United States. I'm Ashley. I'm Wendy. And I'm Logan. And today we're talking about Rankin Bass. If you don't believe you've heard of Rankin Bass, you probably still recognize their products. They were a production company who is perhaps best known for its animated holiday specials, the biggest one probably being Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, so the stop-motion one. That is Rankin Bass. Uh, do you all have any memories of the other ones, seeing them during the holidays? Um, we, I remember watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer every year. My mom is kind of obsessed with it. Um, she's got all the collectibles, all the figurine. That's her whole theme. We can't go into a store and see anything <laughs> with that without her buying it. So, well, matter. we were at PetSmart today, and they have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Rankin Bass one, uh, licensed cat toys. Mm-hmm. So maybe she needs to go there and get your kitten. Some Rudolph toys. Oh, that's a good idea. We got our girls an abominable snowman tunnel. You go in through his mouth. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that uh, a few minutes earlier, and that was the first thing I thought of was my mom. (laughs) Because she has, you know, like the figurines, the stuffed animals. She has them everywhere. I remember watching the Rudolph uh, special, but their other specials, I don't... I don't really know what they are. I don't are. think, I think I saw them later in life. I yes. Did, I didn't see them when I was young. When I was a kid, it was the same thing. Rudolph was every year. When I got a little older, I'm wanting to say maybe high school age, they started airing, uh, I don't know which one this is. I think it might be the year without a Santa Claus mm-hmm. that has heat miser uh, yes, and I snow think that miser. Yes, that one. But they didn't air it when I was little. They started airing it later. And of course, it had been made decades earlier. Um, but they decided to start re-airing it. You might be surprised how many animated productions Rankin Bass did. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Christmas was their bread and butter, and you'll probably recognize some of those, they also did a lot uh, of other things too. Hmm. So let's jump into it and where it came from. Rankin Bass Animated Entertainment was founded by, this is no surprise, a guy named Arthur Rankin mm-hmm. Jr. and Jules Bass. <laughs> And they thought our names are so pleasing to the ear that we should combine <laughs> them and yes, make that company name. Very creative. I'm impressed they didn't go alphabetical. Oh, that's true. Well, Rankin was the one who started it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he himself, uh, his connections might have helped a lot too because he himself was born into an entertainment background. His mom was a singer His dad had acted in movies with Shirley Temple, and his grandfather was character actor Harry Davenport. Hmm. Rankin had been working as an art director at ABC and began a company called Videocraft International in 1955 in New York. Uh, Videocraft International would not actually become Rankin Bass Productions until 1968, but they were working on a lot of things, including Rudolph and other iconic animated series before they officially became Rankin Bass. Hmm. Jules Bass, meanwhile, was employed at an ad agency who worked with Videocraft before joining ranks with Rankin. See what I did there? Nice. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. Videocraft International began primarily with commercials for companies like A&P and General Electric's. 
and these commercials were usually live action with some using only limited animation. So nothing that you would probably recognize as being Rankin-Bass produced. This arrangement was bound to change, though. Reflecting on early days of his company in a 2005 interview, Rankin said, Frankly, we wanted to get out of commercials because you're just doing what somebody else wants you to do. Which is every job on earth, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. That sounds I'll, like my job. There's a Remington shave commercial from Christmas that I wonder if they did that I think mm. it was stop motion. Where Perhaps like, I know which one you're talking about. They're riding like the the blades. Yes. Yeah. Uh it is black and white. I'm wanting to say maybe from the sixties. It might be as far back as the fifties because I know that um the copies I've seen are like really poor quality yeah. and haven't aged well, but probably the 60s. Uh, and Santa, I think, is riding the head of a Remington shaver. <laughs> because it looks the exact same style. I think the first time I saw that commercial, I was like, that's got to be the same people. It might be. I didn't find anything about that, but I could easily believe it. Their commercials didn't tend to have animations, but they might have made that later on. Um, so... Because Rankin didn't want to be told what to do, uh, and I guess didn't understand the premise of a job, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he actually did break out and do his own thing. So good for him. Uh, We can live vicariously through he and Jules Bass. They decided they didn't want to be doing commercials. They wanted to make their own productions. So their first television show was 1961's The New Adventures of Pinocchio. Disney's Pinocchio was Rankin's favorite animated film, so this was probably a big part of why that was their first production. Hmm. This program was comprised of over a hundred five-minute episodes. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, I would like, like to Rocky find this somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Much of the success of Rankin Bass specials and shows is due to key workers who worked on the bulk of Rankin Bass productions. So across many different productions, you'll see some of the same names over and over again, which helps to explain why all the different aspects of their productions seem to have a feel, you know, or things in common. The musical director responsible for so many catchy tunes was Maury Laws, who sometimes also worked with Jules Bass. Meanwhile, Romeo Mueller was the screenwriter for many of their most successful productions. However, their animations, both cell animated and stop motion, were not done by people in the U.S. They were imported. Okay. In the mid-century, the Japanese government started sending industry representatives to the United States to promote Japanese products and services. A representative for the Japanese film industry was referred to Rankin by someone in Washington who knew him. After visiting studios in Japan, Rankin was very impressed by their skill with animation, and as a result, all Rankin-Bass animation was done in Japan. Okay. This involved several different studios, including Topcraft, who became Studio Ghibli. Hmm. So if you, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, if you like Studio Ghibli, um, I'm trying to think. House Moving Castle, Spirited Away, um, a bunch of others. Uh, a lot of them, or maybe all of them, are on Disney now because I think Disney partnered with or acquired them at some point. Um, are all Studio Ghibli? So that same studio, when it was known as Topcraft, worked on Rankin some of the Rankin Bass productions. Tadahito, otherwise known as Tad, 
Machinaga, who had been animating Japanese commercials, was the head animator for many of the initial specials, and Rankin-Bass historian Rick Goldschmidt refers to him as the Japanese father of stop-motion. The animation done by these studios was called Animagic. <laughs> and because it was produced in Japan, there are people who consider Rankin-Bass animations to be a type of anime. Oh, cool. To back this up, Mushi Production, who animated the 1969 special Frosty the Snowman, also produced Astro Boy and Kimba the White Lion. That's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah, so these classic uh, anime studios were doing Rankin-Bass stuff as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of the animators, uh, you know, we know about Tad Mochinaga, but aside from him and maybe a few others, most animators were uncredited. And the ones we do know about uh, are due to people who examined photos that were taken during production. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they were not credited. Um, I assume that maybe the studio as a whole was credited, but not the individuals there, which is still wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so we just pieced together photos that we have to figure out who all worked on a lot of these. <clears throat> Rankin-Bass, um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode... They animated a lot of things, but they're probably best known for Christmas specials. They produced 19 oh, of wow. them. The first is the most well-known, 1964's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's amazing to think that was the first one. Yeah. I know. Like, just right out of the <laughs> gate, what a banger. Well, think about it this way. Their first animated production was 1961's Pinocchio. So they had three years okay, to work so on before doing the first Christmas special, yeah. This and uh, Frosty the Snowman in, 1960 in 1969 uh, were what Goldschmidt says marked a high watermark for Rankin-Bass. They were both so hugely popular. So did you know that uh, Frosty the Snowman was a Rankin-Bass production? I knew that whoever did... Rudolph did Frosty the Snowman. I didn't oh, know okay. who, the, who the people were, but I knew they were the same. And the only reason I knew that is because I had, <clears throat> or my mom has, a collector's edition DVD. Of course she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has Rudolph and it has Frosty. Mm. I want to say it had a third um, movie, but I can't remember what it was. I, it was like a deluxe three edition movie thing. So. Now, is this the... Uh cartoon frosty yeah the one okay. where he says happy birthday yeah. <laughs> yeah that they're really kind of like yeah if you didn't look for the name i don't know if you'd associate them together i didn't uh, uh and the reason i didn't might be the same for other people they're two different forms of animation yeah. mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the rudolph special is stop motion and frosty is cell animation um and i don't think of rankin bass as doing that I only think of them as doing stop motion, mm -hmm. so I didn't immediately put that in my head. <clears throat> These two specials, uh, along with being extremely popular, were also great examples of something that Rankin-Bass tended to do with their animated specials, and that is bringing in one big name as a voice talent for each production. Uh, in Rudolph, it was Burl Ives. Yeah, Burl Ives. <laughs> in Frosty, it was Jimmy Durante. Mm -hmm. Uh, others include Danny Kay and Roddy McDowell in 1967's The Cricket on the Hearth, Fred Astaire in 1970's Santa Claus is Coming to Town, 
and Mickey Rooney in both Santa Claus is Coming to Town and The Year Without a Santa Claus. Hmm. And that is by no means an exhaustive list of big voice talent. Those are just a few examples. Perhaps the most well-known of all Rankin-Bass productions, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, was based on the Johnny Marks song of the same name, which itself had been written to accompany a poem written by Robert L. May as a promotion for his employer, Montgomery Ward Department Store. So it's all commercialism, baby. (laughs) I was going to say, didn't Gene Autry do the Rudolph song? Uh, Perhaps. And it was like the biggest selling, Mm. like it was just... You could not avoid it. Yeah. So I've got some trivia for you about the Rankin-Bass production of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. In Rudolph, most of the puppet heads and torsos were carved from wood, and their joints were made of lead and copper wire. This made them both lightweight and bendable. But Rudolph, uh, and presumably the other reindeer and maybe the abominable, uh, they were exceptions because their bodies were made of wool with leather eyes. So I'll uh, never look at Rudolph the same way again, knowing he's got those leather eyes. I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true. This is not true or false. These are just oh. facts. <laughs> <laughs> You've trained us so yeah, well. I know. So we're not playing a game. Not playing a game. Uh, I actually, I do have a true or false. Okay. Um, we'll but it's there. not yet. You've just got to wait okay. for it. What I'm curious about uh, was, was Rudolph's nose actual in electric light? I don't know, but I think it probably was. It looks like yeah. one. I don't know why it makes that horrible noise. That's yes. Every time it lights up, it's like I know. <laughs> I think people were upset by the noise and not the light. Like I think they could have accepted it if it was just red. I agree. <laughs> well, I'm going to be unpopular opinion here, but I was never a fan of Rudolph's voice. His voice itself. I know I said it. I'm sorry. Oh no, <laughs> he's well, just a misfit. I, I like the part where he has the stuffy voice because they've put the uh, black cap yes. on his nose. Yeah, he thinks I'm cute. That's what he I, I'm like, cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of it. Well, here's some more trivia that is definitely true and not up for debate. <laughs> okay. The largest puppet in Rudolph was the Bumble, who stood 14 inches tall. Wow, two feet. Or no, just no. over a foot. <laughs> For some reason. Over a foot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after Rudolph first aired, viewers complained to Rankin-Bass. There was a letter-writing campaign because Santa never went back and helped the toys on the Island of Misfit Toys. Hmm. Uh, so... They, when it re-aired, they added a scene where Santa returns to the Island of Misfit Toys to save them. This version aired the very next year, 1965, and it required them to cut other scenes for time, like the one where Yukon Cornelius finds a peppermint mine. Aww. Well, I think, I don't have the DVD. Wendy could probably watch and tell us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I believe if you get it on DVD, you can see... The, the multiple versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are multiple versions. I think in the first one, Santa's elves are throwing gifts out of the sleigh, and the names of different people involved in production were written on the gift tags, which is so cute. That mm-hmm. is. Um, but in the new version, they kept that animation, but they replaced the gifts with the toys, like he's giving out the toys to all the kids. Oh. I like the idea that that's how Santa delivers stuff. He's like just throwing it from the sky. (laughs) He's just dropping it through the chimneys. Countless deaths. (laughs) 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 That's 
why the song says you better watch out. (laughs) The day after Christmas is just a in memoriam. Those that we lost this year in the great gift giving. It's true. (laughs) Um, On a different topic, well, same topic, but different uh, frame. Let's go back to some trivia because I got two more things to say. Um, This is not the only special that features Rudolph. And so where your mom has that three movie DVD, mm-hmm. I wonder if one of these movies is on it. Rankin Bass released Rudolph's shiny new year in 1976. Do you think that's the other one? It might be. It might be. I'm trying to look it up now to see uh, what the, well in this special, it's a weird one. Rudolph is tasked with finding the new year baby who is named happy. What? He No, it gets worse. <laughs> He has to find Happy before Eon the Terrible does because Eon the Terrible wants to catch the New Year's baby in an attempt to live forever. Rudolph is helped along the way by a caveman, a medieval knight, and Benjamin Franklin. Okay, so in the development of this, they just <laughs> said no to nothing. Like, exactly. They, they were just like, they were just randomly walking around asking a kid, like, hey, name something. A knight. Cool, we'll put a knight in there. If like, you have ever watched the Key and Peele sketch about the making of Gremlins 2 and how what, all yeah. the ideas somehow made it into the movie, this is the same way. <laughs> Additionally, his adventure is narrated by Father Time, who is voiced by Red Skelton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not the only bizarre Rankin-Bass Christmas special. There is also The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which was made in 1985 and based on an L. Frank Baum book of the same name. Um, that author, if you don't, if you think his name sounds familiar and you can't place him, he also wrote The Wizard of Oz. Uh, in The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, we find out Santa's origin story. Uh, spoiler alert, he is raised by a lioness and a fairy. Oh my goodness. I know. That's what? some Narnia level. Yeah. Where are they pulling? Are they just creating this whole cloth or like? Well, it was based off L. Frank Baum's book. This one. Um, oh. As far as Rudolph time traveling like Bill and Ted, I don't know <laughs> where they came up with that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the company didn't solely focus on Christmas, though, even though that's probably uh, what we most think of when we think of them. Their 1967 Halloween special, Mad Monster Party, is one of Boris Karloff's last performances. And in 1968, they aired a Thanksgiving special called Mouse on the Mayflower, featuring uncredited work from Hayao Miyazaki, Mm. of going back to Studio Ghibli fame. Yeah. Uh, Very famous uh, Japanese animator. Mm. Rankin-Bass also produced animated versions of The Hobbit in 1977 and The Return of the King in 1980. Does it seem like there's something missing there? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There are three books in The Lord of the Rings, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they did The Return of the King. Yeah. uh, And that was it. So why did they skip the other two? Rankin didn't think anyone would want to sit through movie adaptations of all three <laughs> Lord of the Rings books. Uh, 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 uh. Peter Jackson says, sure, fam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to give him credit, his decision might also have been, and this is just speculation, but he might also have based his decision on the fact that fantasy films had released an animated Lord of the Rings film in 1978. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think I've seen... 
No, I've seen The Hobbit. Okay, The Hobbit is Rankin Bass. Okay, I've seen The Hobbit one. That one's that one's really good. Yeah. Um, I get them mixed up in my head, the two different production companies, as far as the uh, Tolkien stuff goes. But The Hobbit is definitely um, Rankin Bass. And I've seen that one, too. I think that I'll always remember, if I'm thinking of the right one, that that's where I love the voice of Gollum. And he is like, what is it, precious? Is it sticky? <laughs> I don't know why I always remember that. that <laughs> Just the delivery of that <laughs> line. <laughs> and I'm sure I did it, uh, did a great impression as well. Probably sounded just like that voice actor. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, the same animation team that produced The Hobbit, by the way, also produced The Last Unicorn in 1982, which featured the voice talents of Mia Farrow, Alan Arkin, Jeff Bridges, Angela Lansbury, and Christopher Lee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you all ever heard of The Last Unicorn? I have not. I have not, no. I'd heard of it, but I've not seen it. Most surprisingly to me, though, we also have Rankin-Bass to thank for the 1980s television series Thundercats. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that one I do remember. Heard of that one. The last Rankin-Bass Animagic special, Santa Baby, was released in 2001 and included the voice talents of Patti LaBelle, Eartha Kitt, and Vanessa Williams. Hmm. After this, unfortunately, Rankin-Bass sort of went away. They were acquired by Warner Brothers. So what happened to Rankin and Bass? Arthur Rankin Jr. retired and moved to Bermuda with his wife. Hmm. Good Good for for him. him. (laughs) Uh, He passed away in 2014. It reminds me of, I think it was the Tupperware creator sold his company and moved to an island. Yeah. But he divorced his wife before he moved. He didn't take the wife with him. Uh, I like that. It's what everybody wants to do in their head. Not get divorced, but uh, just like make a bunch of money off one thing and then stop working and move somewhere cool. Go to a tropical island. Yeah. Jules Bass stopped working in film in 1987 and later wrote children's books about Herb the Vegetarian Dragon. Okay. Okay. He also wrote an adult fiction book titled Headhunters, which became the movie Monte Carlo, starring Selena Gomez. Hmm. He passed away in 2022. So, now we get to the actual true true or false. (laughs) Now we can guess. Now you can guess whether these are true or false. Tim Burton says Rankin Bass was a source of inspiration for him. Uh, true. Has to be. That is true. Rankin Bass has adapted Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis. Oh, I want that to be true. Uh, false. It is false, oh. but I want it to be true as well. Somebody needs to do a stop motion animation of that. Saturday Night Live has parodied Rankin Bass Productions. Yes, true. true. I've seen many it. times. <laughs> so good. Uh, in fact, this is not a comprehensive list, but Saturday Night Live, SpongeBob SquarePants, Community, and Mad TV have all parodied Rankin Bass. I think <laughs> Simpsons probably has too. They probably have. Vincent Price appeared in a Rankin Bass Easter special. Yes. I'm going to say false. It's true. Oh. 1971's Here Comes Peter Cottontail features the voices of Danny Kaye, Casey Kasem, and Vincent Price. Well. Andy Warhol once collaborated with Rankin Bass for a 4th of July special. Uh, true. True. 
That one is false. Oh. I'm getting much better at making up yes, stuff. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, this podcast has made me a better liar, which is a great <laughs> skill to have in life. Uh, Rankin Bass produced an animated TV show for the Jackson 5. Uh, true. True. That is true. It ran for 23 episodes. And another of their shows, based on the Osmonds, ran for 17 episodes. Mm. Yeah, I think I've seen clips. You can mm. tell they're, they're similar productions. Rankin Bass produced an animated special for Sonny and Cher. Is that true or false? Uh, feels true. true. It is false. Oh. Rankin Bass produced a commercial for Kennedy's presidential campaign. True. True. False. Oh. I am oh my such goodness. a good liar, you all. This is something I've never been good at, and the podcast has just brought it out to <laughs> <in> me. <laughs> One Rankin Bass special is also a video game. True. True. That is true. Santa Claus is Coming to Town has a Nintendo game adaptation for the Nintendo DS. It's where you have to hunt for the new baby uh, before. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rudolph's uh, shiny new year. I know, year. but I'm just combined. I, I like to imagine it's combined. Rudolph's shiny new year would be an excellent video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? Uh, in an early draft of the Rudolph script, Yukon Cornelius fires a gun. Uh, true. True. He waves and fires. I'm sorry, Wendy. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, whatever. <laughs> I was thinking it over, but okay. He waves and fires his pistols in presumably excitement in one of the script's early drafts. In Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, one of the misfit toys has psychological problems. Um, false. Uh, false. It's true. Oh. Um, if you think of the special, you might recall on the island of uh, Misfit Toys, there is a doll, and it's a little girl doll, and she doesn't seem to have anything wrong with her. When asked what the Misfit Girl doll's problem is, since unlike the other Misfits, she seems like a normal toy, Rankin said her problem is psychological. See, <laughs> I thought... I thought there was like in one of the parodies they had made the toys have a psychological problem. That might that's, be true, but the thinking. OG has uh, mental health issues as well. Okay. I think he's just winking at it. I think he's I like, well, we didn't think that through, so we'll yeah. just make that up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it is theorized that the real reason she has no discernible flaw is that she didn't really have much screen time in the original version. Um, but then I guess in a later version that became more popular, she was in the show more. Mm. So it left people wondering about her. But originally she wasn't really, she didn't play much of a role, so they didn't think about it and mm. maybe overlooked giving her some kind of a discernible flaw. That makes sense. How about this? A limited run of figurines based on the characters in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer were available for purchase through the S&H Green Stamps catalog. True. This is false. Oh. Uh. Gotcha again. <laughs> uh, but that is a great way for me to plug another episode we have on S&H Green yeah. Stamps. Get your stamps. If you don't know what they are, listen to the episode and then you'll understand what that whole statement was about. But if they were available, Wendy's mom would definitely she would have them. Definitely oh, gosh. She'd be like, we got to make another trip to the <laughs> store. I, I need 10 more stamps, and we got this. <laughs> we got to get Rudolph before he's gone. 15 more stamps yes. for Cornelius. <laughs> 
How about this one? A Mad Magazine employee worked on Frosty the Snowman. True. I could believe that, yeah. That is true. Rankin Bass wanted Frosty the Snowman to look like a holiday card. So Mad Magazine's Paul Coker Jr. designed the characters as he had also been a card illustrator for Hallmark. Mm. Nice. Which is a great tie-in to our previous episode (laughs) on... Christmas cards and we talk about Hallmark. So if you haven't listened to that one, that's another one to listen to. So you have your homework for today. (laughs) Uh, If you want to watch all of the Rankin Bass specials, it is a little bit tricky. Um, The historian Rick Goldschmidt, whom I uh, referenced earlier, also said when they aired on television, you had to see them that one time when there wasn't any VCRs and that was really special. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually we did have VCRs and we could record them. But if you didn't record them, you're going to have to hunt down whatever individual special you want to watch. I assumed sin and granted, I did not look up all of them, uh, but I just kind of did a cursory search for different ones. I assumed since Warner Brothers acquired them that they would all be on Max Mm -hmm. because I think Max got almost all of the Warner Brothers properties, but they are not. Hmm. Um, if you would like to watch the Christmas specials, they are all sold in a DVD collection. So all 19 specials, um, but you have to buy the DVD. Otherwise you just have to look up each individual one to see what service carries them. And if it's not a Christmas special, it's the same way. They are shown by various different streaming services. Some of them are not streamed at all. So some of them you have to hope maybe there is a DVD of it if you want to see it. I found some success looking up certain titles on YouTube. For example, I wanted to watch the Halloween one. Uh, so I, I couldn't find it anywhere, and I looked it up on YouTube, and I found it there. I have not watched it yet, but it's there waiting for me. So you might find some success that way. Okay. But for being such great pieces of animation, uh, yeah, they are a little hard to find they haven't kept up with the times (laughs) and with the streaming i think if a service could get all of the rank and bass properties they would do very well yeah yeah i agree so i would ask you all what your favorite rank and bass special is but it seems like going into this we really didn't know that they did a lot of that (laughs) stuff well i I have to say no now know that i know they did the animated hobbit the animated hobbit is really good Mm -hmm. um and i'm not crazy about the story but the heatmeister song is really catchy and it's going to be in my head for the rest it's really good and rudolph is so iconic the great thing about Go ahead. It, it's hard to go against that stop motion in, in Rudolph. It's so good. The great thing about the Heat Miser song is that I get it stuck in my head and I don't know all the words. <laughs> so my head puts in words <laughs> that are probably vastly different <laughs> than the original. Uh, well, if you all listening have a favorite holiday special, get on Instagram find us at hypnoc.history and let us know what it is and where to find it. Mm -hmm. We would love to know.
That's all for us today. Thank you for listening. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star rating on your listening platform and follow us on Instagram by searching for hypnotic.history or by clicking the link in the episode description. Until next time, listeners, peace and love.